with the Word of Life Chapel today. Let's take a few moments to stand up, step out, turn around, shake a hand, welcome those around you to our service this morning. Light on. Well, good morning. Good to have you with us today. We appreciate so much you uh, joining us, and uh, we're just looking for God to do a great and wonderful work among us this morning. 
couple of announcements that I want to make. Uh, first of all, the bus trip. Uh, we are having a bus trip coming up on June the 14th. Um, there are reservation forms out in the foyer. Pick one up and please sign up as soon as you can. Um, right now, it's just open to church family, their friends and relatives. But once we get to a certain date, well, I believe it's the 20th, we open it up to the community because we must fill the bus. We must fill the bus. Uh, so it's kind of first come, first serve. Don't delay. Um, please sign up uh, if you can very quickly. Uh, secondly, a VBS meeting coming up uh, after the service today. Uh, Sarah, we're still having that wherever she is. I guess we are still in the bulletin. Huh? Way in the back. Sarah, you're, oh, you're not playing the piano. Okay, you're allowed to sit back there. That's all right. Brief meeting right by the piano right here, right? And you want singers and teachers and helpers and photographers and game leaders and craft people and bakers and decorators and actors and the list goes on. So there is something for everyone sitting here today. So if you can help us at all, um, please come to the meeting right after the service this morning. As you walked in, you passed the basket filled with baby bottles. And you kind of know how this all works. Pick one of those up, put all your spare coins and change in those bottles, bring them back, and all the monies goes to Lifeline Pregnancy Care Center. Um, so we're looking forward uh, to that. Um, Tracy Bowman has an announcement regarding the blessing bags. Good morning, everyone. I just wanted to give a, a quick update on uh, some information about the blessing bags um, for our service project. Even though it was a March uh, service project, um, we were planning a lot of details with our beneficiary who's going to be Hope's Haven. And for those that don't know who that is, um, Hope's Haven is a local Christian organization that provides a summer camp experience for 4th through 12th graders who've been abused and neglected and have been in the foster care system or um, group homes. Because of their situation, many of these kids do not receive special celebrations. So what we're gonna do is fill um, gift bags with supplies for Hope's Haven, and they give a bag to each camper during a special everyone birthday party um, that they give to the campers in June. Um, this is a special week for these kids. Um, besides being shown great love, many um, are exposed to Jesus Christ for the very first time. And these are the bags that we'll be filling. Um, so what we're gonna do is um, our class has been getting the supplies and we're gonna order those in bulk because it's cheaper and easier to do. So the sign-up sheet, if you had seen in the bulletin a couple weeks ago, um, there actually won't be a sign-up sheet for that. So plans have changed a little bit, so I, I apologize for any confusion on that. But we would love some help uh, filling these bags and also we're going to try to do like a little bag and tag ceremony um, for um, everybody and anybody can come it's for uh, families little kids can join us we're going to make little cards and tags to go 
in and on these bags um, so that the kids that get them know that other people really care and love them. So everybody's welcome to attend. We are going to make a date for that and announce it as soon as the supplies come in. Um, another great opportunity for this project is to attend a presentation by Shirley Bard, the director of Hope's Haven. She'll be visiting our class, um, our Sunday school class next Sunday, the 22nd, to give more information about their ministry and their current needs. So if you're interested, please join us next Sunday. Um, we'd love to have you. Thank you. Thank you, Tracy. Uh, we're going to sing a hymn. I understand you sang it last week as well. Um, it's not in the hymn book. It's on the screen. Um, so I'm going to ask that you stand with me, and uh, we're going to follow the lead of the organ and the piano. Um, so let's sing this together. Well, folks, we uh, need to keep in prayer. Uh, first of all, keep Mary Alice Young in your prayers. Um, as you know, she had knee surgery a little while back, uh, but she had some complications. Um, an ulcer, blood clots in the lungs, was back in the hospital. Not sure if she's still there, um, but pray for Mary Alice. Her knee is doing well, 
It's just that she has now these other complications. So uh, please keep her in your prayers. Also, Emma Rose. I read the uh, prayer chain email uh, while away on vacation. Uh, Emma has uh, pneumonia once again, third time in two months, uh, has a bad cough, stomach issues, uh, so keep her in your prayers. Uh, I know we've been praying for her, and we do on a continual basis, but um, right now she's going through a lot of things that uh, we need to take her uh, before the Lord. So, Father, as we come before you this morning, we're thankful. We're thankful, Lord, that we're able to do this, to come before your throne of grace. Father, knowing that you're always there for us in every situation, every circumstance. Father, we learned this morning in Sunday school that, Father, nothing can separate us from your love. Father, you love us beyond measure. You love us, Father, more than we will ever know. And we thank you for that. Father, we thank you that we are yours and you are ours, that we belong to you. Father, we're in your family, and for that we're thankful. We thank you too, Lord, that now as your children, we are your disciples. We are your followers. Father, help us to count the cost. Help us, Lord, to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Help us to strive to be like him. For Father, that is our goal. That is our aim, to be more like the Savior. Father, I do want to bring before you uh, Emma Rose. Father, we know that she, since birth, has had many issues. Father, they just don't seem to go away. And so we bring her before you once again, this little girl. Lord, we pray that you would touch her body Place your hand upon her. Father, we pray that you would strengthen her and heal her. Father, we pray that you give a double portion of grace to her parents, grandparents, and loved ones. Father, the toil that this takes on so many people. And so we commit this situation to you, as well as Mary Alice. Lord, things were going very well with her knee and still continue. But Father, now these glitches. We pray that, Father, you would touch her as well, that you might heal her, help her be able to return home if she's not there already. We just commit her to you in every way. Father, for others that are here among us who are hurting, are going through some type of pain or trial or tribulation, Father, we ask that you, Lord, might be very near to them. Encourage them. Lord, with your grace and with your love, knowing that, Lord, you have promised to never leave us nor forsake us. You have promised to never leave us alone. But, Father, you go with us through those storms, through those times of trial and tribulation. Father, you never said you would take away the storms. You never said that, Lord, our life would be a bed of roses. Father, you said that there would be tribulation and persecution and trials. For, Father, these are what helps us to mature, helps us to grow. It's what strengthens our faith, Lord, as we draw near to you. So, Father, we ask that, Father, as we go through these very difficult times, help us to know that, Father, you walk with us. You go beside us. You go in front of us. 
Lord, you're always there for us. Father, we're thankful for another day that you have set aside so that we can come into this place. Lord, this is your day, and we will rejoice and we will be glad in it. Our Father, you have made it. You've given us another day to breathe, to live. Help us, Lord, to make the most of this day, to take every opportunity to live for you. Lord, help us to be shining lights in a world that is filled with so much darkness. Father, we bring before you our nation, our country. Father, we're not headed in the direction in which we believe we should be going. Father, I pray that you might change us, first of all, the church of Jesus Christ. Help us to become who we need to be. Lord, help us to be able to stand. Help us, Lord, to be those lighthouses that are set upon a rock. Help us to be what we need to be. And Father, help us as a nation to turn back to you. Help us to become that nation under God. Again, Father, we thank you for this time you've given us this morning and for, for the wonderful gift that you've given us to be able to sing. Father, to raise our voices, to praise you with our lips. Let the redeemed of God say so. And may we do that in song. In Jesus' name, amen.
good things in the hardest part. I believe and I will follow you. I believe and I will follow you.
So last week we started uh, a short two-week journey looking at the follow me statements of Jesus. And uh, if you remember some of the things we looked at, we'll get into that in a moment. But I read a story of uh, Christian author Max Lucado. You guys know Max Lucado, right? Most of you are probably very familiar with, with Max Lucado. And um, he tells a story of one time he was sitting in an airport and he had to catch a very, very early flight. And he was tired and he dozed off waiting for the plane. And uh, he wakes up to all this sound and commotion and noise and sees all these people going boarding the plane. So he quickly gets up, grabs his stuff, hops in line, and gets on the plane. And when he gets on the plane, he falls asleep. And I'm sure if you've flown before, you know that sometimes when it's that early flight, just getting in your seat, putting your seatbelt on is like, it's not like crawling into bed, but it's about the best thing you're going to get, right? And you sit down and you start to fall asleep. And he falls asleep. And next thing he knows, he wakes up, the sun's shining in through his window. And the um, flight attendant says, you know, that their estimated time of arrival in Houston is an hour and 30 minutes longer, right? We'll be in Houston an hour and 30 minutes. The problem was Max Okato was supposed to be going to Denver or something like that, right? And he had just quickly woke up when every, and seen everybody going where they were going. He gets up and he follows everyone and gets on the plane. This must have been before all of the stuff that, that you have to go through now, but I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. So be, care, be careful of who you're following you might end up in the wrong place. Last week, we looked at when Jesus called Peter, James, John, and Andrew, and then we talked about two different things that were seen. And the first one is that the call to follow Jesus is a call that is causing you to step outside of your comfort zone. Remember, these men were fishermen. That's who they were. That's what they did. And Jesus said, come and follow me. And so in order for them to obey his call, obey his command, they had to leave what they knew behind. They left their boats. And the second is that it's a call to trust that Jesus is who he says he is and to put him above all earthly things. If you notice me turning around a lot today, it's because I want to make sure it's right. Our, our monitors aren't working. The old projector decided to stop working on us, so we're, we're in, in between some things. So that's why you'll see me turning around and making sure I'm showing you what I hope I'm showing you. It's a call to trust Jesus is who he says he is and to put him above all earthly things. So that includes family, that includes friends, that includes politics, that includes sports, that includes celebrities, that includes your sleep or your favorite TV show and your favorite food. To put Jesus above all of those things. And that's not easy to do. It's, it's hard for us to understand. Why are we supposed to put Jesus above family? What does that mean? What does that look like? And we talked about that a little bit last week. And if you missed it, I'd love to talk with you and explain what we talked about. We saw that James and John, they, they hopped out of their boat. And remember, they left Zebedee, their dad, behind. Because God had called them to do something, and whenever God calls you, you have to follow through. Amen? Even though it's not always easy. And see, we, we sometimes hope that this calling, this calling of follow me, when Jesus says, follow me into this next step that I have for you, when we step outside our comfort zone and we trust God, all of a sudden it's beyond our control. 
Now, we like to control things, don't we? My wife would tell you I like to control the remote watching TV. Right? Amen. <laughs> and sometimes when things are outside of our control, it, it scares us. But that's, that's where we need to be. This morning, we're going to look at two other follow me statements. I'm sorry, one other follow me statement, but two points within that follow me statement. If you could open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16 this morning. It's going to be on the screen as well, but Matthew 16. Verse 21, and we're going to read to the end of the chapter. Um, Now, we're going to look at a part before the follow me statement, but I think we have to include this because if we don't include it, we're missing a little bit of what's going on. Here's what the Bible says. Matthew 16, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he, Jesus, turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You're a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. So maybe you've been called a lot of things in your life. I know in Bolivia, where I grew up, the, the driving is crazy, right? It's insane. It's totally out of control. I love it, right? It is so much fun. And it is, it is just, it is totally different than here. You know, the red light means it's a suggested stop, right? So, so it's, it's suggested stop or beep your horn twice as you go through, right? And so, um, but, but one of the things that we have, because it's so crazy and out of control, people get very, very angry, People get angry here too, right? But people get really angry, and you're going slower because you're in a city, so you have time to roll down your window and let the person next to you know what you think, right? So some of the common things that you'll hear will be like, idiota, right? Or burro, that's a really popular one. Donkey, you're a donkey. I don't know where that came from, who thought of that, but that's one of the most popular things that you'll hear driving down the road. Burro. Now, maybe you've been called things before in your life. Maybe you've been called mean, ugly, angry. I seriously doubt that many of us have ever been called Satan. Satan. Can you imagine? And who says it to Peter? It's not some random guy on the street. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Can you imagine if Jesus looked at you and said, get behind me, Satan? (laughs) He probably felt this big. I can imagine that feeling when you're on, in a plane and it just, the, 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 it gives out because of the turbulence. Your stomach goes up. You feel sick. Like, I can just imagine. Get behind me, Satan. Peter didn't know what he did wrong. I'm trying to defend you, Lord. I'm trying to defend you. See, they're going to come and get you. I'm not going to let that happen. Not me. No way. And Jesus responds. <laughs> Get behind me, Satan, you're a hindrance to me. And then he goes on to explain why. Jesus doesn't just leave him hanging. He doesn't say, get behind me, Satan, and walk away. He says, listen, you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. So there's no 
it's not, there's not a demonic presence here. It's not that Satan was present at that moment. It's that what Peter said is similar to something Satan would say. No, we're not doing this your way. <laughs> we're doing this my way. Peter had lost his perspective, and, and while trying to do what he thought was right, he was so focused on his own intentions that he wasn't even paying attention to what Jesus was trying to tell him. Peter, this is going to happen. It's supposed to happen. This is God's will. But we don't always like God's will at the moment. It was not pleasant for Jesus to die on the cross. It was not pleasant for the disciples to watch him. But it was a part of God's plan, and are we so thankful that he did? As we continue through the follow me statement this morning, and as we look at what Jesus says here, I think it's important that we all ask God, where am I focused? And sometimes we have the temptation to look at our neighbor or our spouse or whoever is with us this morning and think, where are they focused, right? Let me just tell you this morning, that's wrong. This is a conversation between you and the Lord. Lord, am I focused on things of God or am I focused on my own agenda and things of man in my life? And Lord, if that's where I am, change my perspective. God, get my attention. Because I don't want to be a hindrance to the kingdom. I don't want to stop what's going on. Lord, I want to be a part of it. Lord, I want to do your will no matter what the cost. That's not always an easy prayer to pray. Sometimes we refuse because we view things through our perspective, our situation. That's our human nature. That's our sinful nature. But let us all set our mind on things of God. We continue on, and, and here's, here's what Jesus says. Then Jesus told his disciples, here's the statement. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. The Bible says in Luke 9.23, and I'm not sure. Do, I, do you see Luke 9.23 on the slide there, Dylan? You must just. You're a genius. I'm a genius back there. Listen, so in Luke 9.23, Jesus says, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So there, there's a perspective here of what's going on. This is a daily thing that goes on in our lives. This is not referring to our salvation. We're not talking about that this morning. We're talking about discipleship and following Jesus, right? It's a daily thing. And so the first thing we see is that we have to deny ourselves. Let him deny himself. What does that mean? Well, we all have a sinful nature in us, right? Paul talks about that a lot. And how sometimes it's hard for us to put away the sinful nature, the old man, because it's always rearing his ugly head. It's always trying to show. And oftentimes in our lives, we are tempted to things we shouldn't be tempted towards. We all are. And it's all different. 
That's the crazy thing about sin is that maybe you're someone that struggles with anger, but there's someone over here that struggles with lust, and there's someone over here that struggles with gossip, and there's someone over here that struggles with, and we go on and on and on, and you can be wrestling with something, and someone else is wrestling with something completely different. But we all have to deny ourselves. How do we do that? Because the reality of it is that on my own strength, I can't do that, right? I can't. I can't deny the old man by myself. It's only through Christ's power. It's only through the work that Jesus is doing in my life, in your life, and, and spending time with God, again, daily basis. Lord, help me today. Help me to love as you love. Help me to be patient as you were patient and kind as you were kind. Lord, help me to love this person that I do not want to love. Because my heart is telling me to do something completely different. Help me to deny myself and to pursue you. You know, the Christian, Christian journey that we're on is not a one-day thing, right? It's not limited to Sunday mornings. Between 9 o'clock and 11, 15. That doesn't mean I'm going to be done at 11, 15. It's a seven-day-a-week, 24-hour battle. A battle that we're fighting don't minimize it in your life. Denying yourself, that's a daily thing. It's a daily thing that we go through. And you know it just as well as I do, that you could be asking the Lord to help you, Lord, help me with my patience today, help me with my patience, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm good, I don't need the Lord anymore, I've got this, and then you're like, flip out on somebody. We are in a spiritual battle. Ephesians 6 tells us that. We need to constantly be putting on the spiritual armor and going before God and asking him to help us accomplish what we cannot accomplish by ourselves, and that's to deny ourselves. And the next thing that Jesus says, there we go. So the first one, the deny yourself, is a call to surrender. So we have a call to step out of your comfort zone, the trust that Jesus is who he says he is, put him above all earthly things. The third point is to surrender. It's a call of surrender. To deny yourself is to surrender to the Lord. And the last one is it's a call to sacrifice. A call to sacrifice. Billy Graham, late Billy Graham, he had a quote. I'm going to read it to you. He says, Jesus invited us not to a picnic, <laughs> but to a pilgrimage. He offered us not an excursion, but an execution. Our Savior said that we would have to be ready to die to self, sin, and the world. Jesus says that if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. And take up his cross daily and follow me. So after deny yourself, we have to, the, he must take up his cross daily. Well, what is our cross? What is your cross? What did the cross signify? 
This is an important thing for us to understand and what's being said here. I think sometimes we'll read this and we'll say to ourselves, well, you know, the Lord didn't call me to be a missionary in Africa. That's where, you know, they're really, really sacrificing for the Lord. Or, or over in a Middle East country where they have to meet in their homes under the, the, the nobody knows, right? It's all in secret. That's, that's carrying a cross. That's taking a risk. Well, no, it's, this is not something that is only for certain people. This is for the whole body of, of Christ. This is every believer needs to pick up their cross daily and follow Jesus. So what does that look like in my life, in your life, in this America where we are, have been so blessed to be so free? Well, maybe you work with somebody who needs to hear the gospel. And you know it, and the Lord's put it on your heart. And he says, you know what, you can just tell others, and you know what I'm talking about, that time when the Lord just overwhelms you and you know what you are supposed to do. But it's scary, maybe uncomfortable. Maybe you're afraid of how it'll work out in your job. But you decide to step forward anyways in faith because that's what God's telling you to do. Maybe you're a student high school, college student, and your professor tells you to write a paper denying the existence of God. Like the God's Not Dead movie, and, and you have to make a decision of whether you're going to just give in and do what they're telling you to do or to stand for what's right. William McDonald um, is a, a Bible commentary author, and I want to read to you what he says. I don't have it on the screen. He says, to take up cross means to deliberately choose the kind of life he, Jesus, lived. And he goes into a whole bunch of different things that it includes. I'm just going to read you a couple. The opposition of loved ones, the reproach of the world, a pathway of loneliness, slander and shame, suffering for righteousness' sake. And then here's where it really gets interesting. He says, but it involves laying hold of life that is life indeed. It means finding at last the reason for our existence. It means eternal reward. But we, we instinctively recoil from a life of cross-bearing. Our minds are reluctant to believe that this could be God's will for us. Yet the words of Christ, if anyone desires to come after me, means that nobody is excused and nobody is accepted. Those are some powerful words. God, you, you, can't, you can't be hoping that I'm, I'm going to give all of this to, to this because this is going to affect my life. <laughs> this is going to affect my life. I, I have strived. I've focused so much on, on just being able to be comfortable. Lord, you can't expect me to drop everything and follow the, your, your lead to be a, a missionary overseas. You can't expect that. I'm 50, 60. 20. Lord, you can't, you can't expect me to, to go and, and minister to these people. Do you know the kinds of things that come out of their mouths? Do you know what they smell like? And that sounds, it sounds, but that's sometimes what comes out through our minds. See, the call of carrying your cross is to forsake the comforts of life and say, listen, Jesus comes first. 
Jesus comes first. It doesn't matter what's going on. Jesus comes first. What did the disciples give up in following Christ? Everything. To pursue their Savior, their Messiah. So, so maybe we've come to this point, and we're saying this, and, and uh, I think if we're all honest in looking at our lives, there are times when we have not picked up our cross. Um, maybe, maybe you're at a point in your life right now where you've never felt like you've picked up your cross before. And that you've always just been coming to church on Sunday morning and sitting in a pew and you're comfortable and everything's great. But you've never started the sacrifice for the kingdom. You've never said, Lord, what do you have for me? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? How can I be involved in what you have for me? Let me just say this. We've all made mistakes. Amen. Amen. That should be a, like that should be the loudest amen that we can have. We all made mistakes. Amen. Amen. We've all made mistakes. And what matters is now moving forward. Now moving forward. That's all we can do. That's all we can do. Last week, Sarah and Janelle came up and played a beautiful piece as a time of reflection. This week, Miranda's going to come up, and she's going to sing a song. And what I'd like to ask is that you take a couple of minutes to go before the Lord in prayer. And this isn't praying about somebody else. <laughs> this isn't, Lord, please help my wife look at things your way and realize, no. Or my husband. This is a, this is a me and God thing. A me and God conversation. And so let me encourage you right now to take that moment, you and God, to reflect on who he is and his love for you and ask him, Lord, what am I following? Am I following you or am I following something else?
you are right now and and your journey and where the Lord has led you. But I know that sometimes when we come to things like this, when we come to the the, the, the things of denying ourselves and following our cross, it's so easy for us to focus on the fact that we haven't and how hard it is. And Lord, how am I supposed to be able to deny myself? The Bible says in Lamentations, maybe you can throw that up there for me, Dylan, Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. We're to deny ourselves daily, pick up our cross daily. But it's really cool when you go back to Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. Here's what it says. Are we stuck there? All right. Here's what it says, Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Now remember, deny yourself daily, pick up your cross daily, his mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. So this challenge, what Jesus says, deny yourself daily, pick up your cross. You're not alone. This isn't just for you. You're not alone. Jesus has given you, the Lord gives you new mercies every day. I, I love this song and the way it, mercy is falling. It, it, it makes it, to me, it's like snowflakes falling out of the sky. Lift up your hands and take them because the Lord, his mercies are new every day. Hallelujah. Right? Hallelujah. His mercies are new every day because let me tell you, I need his mercies every day. The call to follow Jesus is to step out of your comfort zone. The trust that Jesus is who he says he is, put him above all earthly things, to surrender to Jesus, to sacrifice your life and say, Lord, I am yours. You do with me as you please. If that means a job change, so be it. If that means a country change, so be it. If that means that I sacrifice time doing this because you have something for me, so be it. Lord, I am yours. Second Corinthians 12, 9 and 10 says this. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak then I am strong. 
So who are you following? And what reason and excuse do you have for not following Jesus? It better not be that you're not strong enough because we just read that my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Don't let it be that you think you're too unforgivable because the blood of Jesus can cover any sin. It's your choice this morning. Not the person next to you. It's your choice. Am I going to follow the call that Jesus has given me in my life? Am I going to follow where he leads me? Follow, follow, I would follow Jesus. You know why we sing this, the other song on the I will follow, I love it, because the, the words in the beginning, and I'm going to read it to you because I don't think we have the screen with us, but it goes through every area of your life. I'll follow you when things are good, because a lot of people don't. I'll follow you when the storms come. I'll follow you when I'm in want. I'll follow you in my death. And one day, I'll be with you in paradise. Would you pray with me? Lord, we are so thankful for your love for us. God, you are a good God. And you love us more than we will ever know. Lord, I ask that you would challenge us, speak to us. Lord, that we would hear where you are leading us to go. That you would help us, Father, to step outside of our comfort zone to trust in you. Lord, that you would help us to surrender our lives to you, Lord, that we would not give in to our sinful nature and the old man, but Lord, we would pursue you and your holiness and your righteousness. And Lord, that you would give us the mindset of sacrifice because life's not about me. It's always been about you. In Jesus' name. Do we have the screen now? All right, would you stand with us? We close the service this morning singing, I will follow. Even in the good, I'll follow you. Even in the storms, I'll follow you. Even in the one, I'll follow you. Even in my death. When the sea is calm and all is right, when I feel your favor flood my life, even in the good, I'll follow you. Yes, even in the good, I'll follow you. When the boat is tossed upon the waves, when I wonder if you'll keep me safe. Even in the storms, I'll follow you. Even in the storms, I'll follow you. And I believe everything that you say you are. I believe and I esteem your unchanging heart. In the good things, in the hardest part, I believe and I will follow you. When I feel I have no 